tonight we are going to I don't know if we'll get through all this but we are continuing in the series of the fruit of the spirit and, and I pray that uh, I can deliver this in a way that will help edify the body of Christ tonight and we will get to I think I'm hoping through this this is the ninth one the ninth fruit which is temperance or self-control we are going to launch into this and I have a close but I don't know that I'll get to it tonight I don't know that I'll ever will get to it but we're going to go to the book of Galatians chapter 5 again and I hope you have enjoyed the series as much as I have or gotten something out of it as I have. Brother Nichols said several weeks ago, probably a month or two ago, because we've had a few things, a revival and 238, all these things going on, so we haven't had a consecutive nine weeks, but he said that we'll see how many people are there at the end at Temperance. <laughs> And here you are tonight, the faithful. <laughs> Amen. Could just look at somebody and tell them, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful. Amen. Praise God. The faithful few. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Praise God. Tonight we are going to look at temperance as it is also a byproduct of receiving the Holy Ghost. And Again, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost. You can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise God. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. How is that? Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Well, number one, you, without the Holy Ghost, you can't go to heaven. Except a man or woman be born of the water and of the Spirit. That's what the Holy Ghost is, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. Amen. But not just when we receive the Holy Ghost is it good for eternity, but it's also good for this life because God empowers us. And gives us love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith, meekness and temperance. The byproducts, the fruit of the Spirit. It helps us and empowers us in this life. That no matter who's president. No matter what's going on in your life. You can still have the peace of God that passeth understanding. Why? Because you got the Holy Ghost. You, God gave you power. To endure to the end. Praise God. Help me pray, would you, that God would help us tonight. God, I need you to touch me. I need you to speak to me and through me. I, I pray that you give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of God in this place tonight. And I pray in the precious name of Jesus that you would impart this truth and let this help edify the body of Christ in the precious name of the Lord. Let everybody shout amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Tonight, if you need a title, it's simple, simply this, temp, temperance or self, 
control. Very quickly, we'll go back. I've done it for the previous eight weeks. Why stop now? Love, 1 John 4 and 8, God is love. And he said also in John 13, Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Amen. Byproduct of receiving the Holy Ghost is love. It's amazing how people get the Holy Ghost. They just want to hug everybody. It's a godly love. Amen. I see somebody get the Holy Ghost. You better watch out if you're standing close because you're getting ready to get hugged. Amen. And that's all right. But just, just understand they're excited. They never got that before. They've never felt that power of love and joy and peace before. Amen. And it's an emotion like joy is an emotion evoked by possessing or acquiring what one desires. And I'm thankful for the joy of the Lord. Amen. When I got the Holy Ghost, my soul acquired what it had been looking for. Amen. There's songs and looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> looking for joy in all the wrong places. That's not a Christian song. Almost could be if they throw Jesus in there somewhere. Brother Mark used to say there's only two types of, 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 of gospel, you know, country and western. <laughs> No, I get an amen from Brother Paul over there. Come on now. Peace is another byproduct. It means to be, to join or be with. We're talking about to be with God. Amen. Long-suffering is to forbear or fortitude, have patience. <laughs> get, the, get the power of the Holy Ghost. It helps us to be patient with others. And sometimes I need a new dose of the Holy Ghost every once in a while because people be trying my patience. <laughs> God, I need some more Holy Ghost power because... You know. And gentleness, that means to be usable, to have a workable spirit. Amen. People get the Holy Ghost, it's amazing how, how much easier they are to get along with. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I know I'm singing literally the choir tonight. Goodness is an aggressive goodness. It will go out of its way to do good for others. We talked about that. Faith is having a moral conviction, being persuaded that comes when you receive the Holy Ghost, belief is one thing, but godly faith that comes when you receive the Holy Ghost is something entirely different. Amen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Well, in last week or two weeks ago, I guess it was, the last one we talked about was meekness, strength of gentleness. It was it's talking about a, having a humble spirit, being humble and humility, having a humbleness of mind and... Uh, we should be meek, and uh, we talk. There's a phrase they use in political circles: "Strength through peace through strength." Right? Well, you can have peace and be strong, but meek at the same time. Amen. I was talking with a, a man today I work with. He was in the Marine Corps. He said they taught him that you should stand with a presence of authority. You need to understand who you are. You're a king's kid. If you have to tell somebody how much power you've got, you probably don't really have that kind of power. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you just talk, hey, God's all-powerful. God's everything. And you're a king's kid, and you stand in his authority, and you can do it in a humble way. I'm nobody, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. And that leads us. Wasn't that awesome? I did that in like five minutes. That brings us to temperance. 
temperance. The Greek word there, egratia, or egratia, however you want to pronounce it. I don't care. It's E-G-K-R-A-T-E-I-A. You pronounce it however you want to. Amen. But it literally means exercising self, <laughs> self-control. <clears throat> Aren't you glad I didn't stop after exercising? <laughs> so you get that later, okay. Exercising self-control. It's, it means to abstain or restrain from temptation. Temperance is a byproduct of the Holy Ghost. Galatians 5, 21, 22, it's what it says. And those who practice temperance are self-controlled people. And they show restraint in their passions and their behaviors. For some, temptation would be like working in a, a bubble wrap factory. For Alyssa, that would be great temptation. Anybody tempted to pop all the bubble wrap when you? It's like. <clears throat> <clears throat> you see the challenge. Here's what it is. The challenge of, of exercising uh, temperance or self-control. It's the, the challenge is to exercise temperance when faced with temptation. Which one's stronger? Temperance or Temptation. That's why I need the Holy Ghost, because when I get the Holy Ghost and I stay prayed up with the right spirit, I have temperance to withstand temptation. By the way, it comes from the same root word. Did you notice that? There's a reason. It's like the boy that went to Sunday school. He arrived early. He walked into a Sunday school class, and he looked over on the one counter, one side of the room on the counter, was a basket of apples. And it said, please take one. God is watching. <laughs> and he looked at the apples and he looked at the sign. He looked at the apples and he looked at the sign. He looked on the other side of the room. And there was a basket of chocolates. And there was no sign. He ran over to the basket of chocolates. And he began to get the chocolates. And started eating the chocolates. And started putting them in his pocket. And his other pocket, and then grabbed some more and put them in his back pocket. About that time, the Sunday school teacher walked in there and said, Hey, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting chocolate. You can't have all those chocolates. He goes, That's okay. God's watching the apples. <laughs> That's about how it works, too, huh? Sometimes we think God's watching the apples, and we want to... But we need to exercise self-control because God is always watching. We need to remind ourselves, nobody sees me do it, yet God sees it. And he gave you the Holy Ghost power to exercise temperance, self-control. That when the basket, if it says one, eat one. Look at me, I found baskets that don't have that sign. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Some of you get real nervous now because I'm talking about food and talking about temperance or self-control. I'm trying to exercise self-control. 
I'm controlling that chocolate all the way to my mouth. Mm. That's what temperance is, though. It's self-control. People don't, you know, people in our, our nature, we don't like that. We, we don't want to control what we're thinking about or what we say. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth, chapter 9, verse 27. He said, but I keep under, I restrain my body and bring it into subjection. I have to exercise self-control. This is Paul. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Pastor has to exercise self-control like everybody else. <clears throat> Maybe even more so. <laughs> Romans 13 and 14, Paul said, But put, you, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. When you are tempted, be temperate. When you are tempted, exercise self-control. I can't control everything out there, but God gave me power to control this mind and this body, and the decisions that I make, and the places I go. Amen. The things that I watch, the things that I look for on the internet, nobody else is watching. God's watching, and He gave you power to withstand and be temperate or exercise self-control even when you're tempted. Everybody's tempted. We're all going to go through temptation. Plato, the philosopher said, the Greek philosopher said, the first and greatest victory is to conquer self. We, we don't like that. <laughs> Titus chapter 2 verse 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness, denying, restraining, abstaining, ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Notice he said soberly. I know temperance, love it. The, you know, the temperance movement back in the 20s, and they, they, they passed an amendment in the Constitution to uh, ban alcohol because it was a, there was a temperance movement. And then that didn't work because people were just going around the law and disobeying and smuggling and speakeasies and all those things and bootlegging and making their own stuff, moonshine and so they overturned it with another amendment. They didn't think that one through. But temperance isn't just talking about alcohol. It's talking about any behavior that you are tempted to do that is wrong. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your faith virtue knowledge, and to your knowledge temperance. And to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. And it, it's kind of building one after another, but the, to get to charity and love, you've got to exercise some temperance, some self-control at, the, at some point. In Galatians 5, we've been taking our text for nine weeks now on verses 21 through 22, but verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Let me, let me. And it goes on and says, you know, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lascivious, all these sins, right? Evenings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, all these bad things, strife, seditions, heresies, all those things it listens right before it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Same chapter. 
But another version, another translation says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the re results are very clear. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. When you follow the desire, where your desire will lead you, it leads you into sin. You better slow your roll. Look at somebody tell them, slow your roll. <laughs> because the works of the flesh lead to that. But thank God he gave us the Holy Ghost power that we can slow our roll and say, uh-uh, self, you ain't doing that. Self, you're going to be temperate when you're tempted. You're going to exercise some temperance or self-control when you face temptation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Guess what? You're not the first one to be tempted. You won't be the last to be tempted. And the things you're tempted with are some of the same things that other people are tempted with. You're not the only one that yells at people on the freeway. <laughs> it's so fun when you see people respond and they're sitting there like, Pastor, talking to you right now. <laughs> but there hath no temptation taken you, but. Such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Which is stronger, temptation or the Holy Ghost power? Holy Ghost. He gave it, he said, You go tarry until you be endued with power from on high. It's the Holy Ghost power that helps us with our self-control. He says. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You can't say, well, the devil made me do it. devil can't make you in do anything you weren't willing to do. The devil can't make you do anything that you weren't willing to go along with. The devil can't make us, he has no power. The Bible says if we'll submit to God, we can resist the devil and he has to flee. How do I submit? I submit not my will but thy will. What am I doing? I am controlling self and saying I am humbling self to the will of God. I'm submitting self to his power, his control. I'm giving the power of the Holy Ghost power over my life and my thought processes. Well, amen. In God's word, I'm just now starting to preach here, if you can't figure it out. I'm just, i got to hurry. I'm, I see the clock. I know. God's word instructs us to exercise temperance or self-control in, in many areas of life. And I, I don't have time to go through all these areas. One was already mentioned tonight during the praise and worship. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. <clears throat> And when fear comes against me and I'm tempted to be afraid, that was powerful. I can look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and say, I don't have to be afraid or a fear of the enemy. I'm controlling my fear because I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. 
even when I don't understand it all. I'm saying I'm going to trust. I'm going to control my fear. You know, people that let their anxiety just go. They're afraid of everything. The world is ending. No, this is, this is oh man, the, the walls are going to come crashing down. Everything is, you, need, you know what? You need to get a control of yourself. You need to pray through and get a new dose of the Holy Ghost to give you power to go. What am I afraid of? If God be for us, who can be against us? One way to control your fear is to have self-control. Oh, man, I could preach on that all night long, but I won't. Another way, another place, and that was already said, that was powerful. Another, another way that we need to exercise self-control, the, talk, the Bible talks about a lot, is our speaking, the power of the tongue. James 1 and 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to... It didn't say woman, it said man. It's a joke. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I heard one person say, God gave me... Two ears and one mouth, I should listen twice as much as I'm speaking. Don't know that I do that too well, but I'm working on it. Exercising self-control. Have you ever wanted to jump into a conversation? You went, and you had to bite your lip? No, I'm the only one. Babe, I'm the only one that does that. Everyone just like, just give somebody a piece of your mind. One guy said, don't give them a piece of your mind. You ain't got too many pieces to give. <clears throat> James chapter 3. Same book. He said, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. Same mouth can bless or curse. My brethren, these things ought <clears throat> not... So to be, doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? No, the fountain's going to give sweet water, it's going to give bitter water. It can't give both at the same time. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? We've been talking fruit of the Spirit. Think about this for a second. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? If it's an olive tree, it's going to have olives, not figs. If you're a Christian, you're going to do Christian things. Oh, man, this, don't make eye contact. No, right now. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water at the same time? That's what it says right there. Can't have salt water and fresh water at the same time. And the problem is when you try to mix it, well, I'm going to do a little salt and a little fresh. The fresh water is going to be polluted. And it's all going to be salty. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. You know, one person told me this, mom and dad, a lot. Think before you. You know what? If we could think how, how Jesus Christ, you know, we say, see the Bible, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Can I, what would Jesus say? There were times they came to tempt him and he would answer with a soft. Answer. This is a soft answer. Answer. Turneth away wrath. 
Proverbs there. Amen? Is this all right? I should think before I speak. I don't always do that. I'm still, God's still, he's still working on me <laughs> to make me what I ought to be. Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Is this going to edify the body and draw somebody closer to God? Or is this going to tear somebody down? Proverbs 29.11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. I came across this quote. This is so cool. You are a master of the words you don't say. You are a master of the words that you don't say. But a slave to the ones you do. Once I say it, I cannot take it back. I can plead for mercy and grace and ask forgiveness. But once it's there, you know, I've thought things. That I'm so thankful I didn't say them. I know it's hard for you to believe because I come up here and I say all kinds of things. Sometimes my wife's over there cringing like, oh no, what's he going to say next? It's okay, she writes it down for a memorial. That's all right, it's her memory. She, she does, she's got a good old record book over there. Like, did you, you said this. I, I did, I said what? I don't even remember saying that. Oh, it was funny too. In case she ever wants to write a book, blackmail. You know, we should use discretion. And I really ask that question, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle this? Would we really respond to this person and really tell them what we're thinking if Jesus was standing here? If we were standing in judgment at the pearly gate, would we say what we're thinking or wanting to say? It probably changed what, I, what I'd be thinking too, to be honest. But the Bible talks about, and i got to hurry because I'm running out of time, but we, we, we need to exercise self-control with the things that we say. We need to control what we say. I've heard people say, well, that's just me. That's just me. I, I can't control that. That's just me. You, you choose not to control. You just give over to whatever you feel, and whether it's right or wrong. You need to exercise temperance. And if you don't have temperance and you, can't, you have no control of what you're saying, then... It questions whether you got the Holy Ghost because temperance is a byproduct of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Well, let me go to the next one because you're getting quiet. Bible talks about exercising self-control with our emotions, especially anger. Not just fear, but anger. Proverbs 16, 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. The Proverbs saying it is awesome. It is, it is an awesome man or woman that can rule their spirit. And when they would when someone does them wrong, they don't get angry. They don't seek revenge. They seek the mind and will of God. You see, self-control is the ability to prevent myself from beating up the idiots on the freeway. When that person cuts you off in traffic and you get angry, count to 10 or 100. (laughs) 
thousand? We've heard this said many times. When emotion runs high, reasoning runs really low. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. You know what that tells me? I was studying this and it just, it just became so clear. I could see in my mind's eye. Here's a city with no defense. The enemy can just walk right in. You don't get nothing out of this tonight. You need to hear me right now. You need to learn to self-control your anger and your emotion. Because if you can't control your spirit, you are like a city with no defense. And the enemy can walk right in and will defeat you. What you are doing to the enemy, when you say, I'm going to get angry and I'm going to do it. I don't care and I don't care what. You just gave the enemy the victory. You just said, here, here's the, an open door to my house. Come on in. And I've said things that I shouldn't say. And I said, God, would you forgive me? And I've gone to people, would you forgive me? I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to come out that way. And if it hurt your feelings, I am so sorry. But whether it hurt your feelings or not, I'm sorry because I said it. Not because you got hurt, because I said it and it caused it. You know, some people say, well, if that, if you're, if that hurt, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. I, I'm sorry if that ruffled your feathers. No, you need to be sorry because you said something that was stupid and hurtful. Whether they took it that way or not. It's not whether you, they control. It's you got to control yourself. I can't control everybody else. You know where I get frustrated? When I try to control everybody else. <laughs> that leads to frustration. It, can I get an amen from a parent that has tried to control their kid and you can't control everything. You can guide them and lead them. You can use that rod of correction, but the reason you're using the rod is because they made a bad choice. You're trying to shape them. And you can't wait till the day when they get old enough, they understand, and they get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Well, I got to hurry because I got a couple others, and it's almost 830. Proverbs 25, 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down. You are just inviting the enemy on in and saying, here, come on in, have your will in my life, in my, in my situation. You become an easy mark for the enemy if you don't exercise self-control. You see, uh, this is a, a pretty cool quote. Self-control is knowing you can, but deciding you won't. I'm tempted, but I won't do that. I'm tempted to say, but... Mm, I'm tempted to, you know that you can, you can give them what for, you can tell them what, you, you know, how the cow eats the cabbage, can I get an old timer to say amen on that, amen. kids go, cow eat the cabbage, huh? you can tell somebody just how the cow eats the cabbage, and when you walk away, you're wounded, they're wounded, and what good did it do, I'm talking about anger and wrath because that's kind of one of the ones, the topics in the New Testament, it go, goes over a lot. But, you know, young people, you need to exercise self-control in relationships, in love. Don't, get, don't run away with emotion. Amen. Can I, can I hit a couple more real quick? Thank you. I heard a yes. Got permission. We need to exercise self-control with our mind. 
2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity or control every thought to the obedience of Christ. You are human and you will have negative thoughts. But the power of the Holy Ghost will help you control that and go, that thought is wrong. God, forgive me. I don't want it to take root in my heart. I'm going to put it behind me and let's move on. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Talk about that. But of power, love, and of a sound mind. When I'm tempted to be fearful, God hath not given me a spirit of fear. He gave me the power of the Holy Ghost. He gave me a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And the byproducts of that are love and joy and peace and all the way to temperance, self-control. Great philosopher, Dr. Seuss. <clears throat> he said, you have brains in your head. And you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. God gave you a brain in the head. Thankful God also gave us the power of the Holy Ghost to steer us in this life. Praise God. Control your own destiny or someone else will. Hello? You control your own destiny or someone else will. If you can't control your own spirit, you're, you have no, no fortification, you have no walls, and somebody else and some other thing or some evil spirit is going to come along and it's going to control you and it's going to say, jump, you're going to jump. Because you have no self-control. Exercise self-control and, and be temperate in all things. I work on it with my weight. I really do. You can't probably can't tell. But if I, if I didn't exercise self-control, I kid you not, I'd be 350 pounds. Because I like to eat bad things. Someone once told me you need to exercise and use self-control and eat only salads. And I said, how does that work? Have you seen a cow or a hippo? It didn't work for them. Why I don't eat only salad. No offense, Sister Christy McKinney, all them health foods. Have you seen a buffalo? All it eats is salad. Hey, whatever it is, <laughs> grass. I try to eat that and I start looking like a buffalo. I'm like, <laughs> might as well have some ribeye, chocolate cake. Somebody say amen. Thank you. Let's stand. I, I got, I'm, I'm going to just skip right to the close. And I've been going for 30 minutes. I think you understand what temperance really means is self-control. We need to self-control in this out-of-control world. I, there, there are things in this life right now, there are, it's completely out of control. Now, I know God has everything under control. 
But here's the deal. He made, he breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. He gave humanity choice, control, self-control. Animals react because it's instinct. We also have an instinctive nature, but part of that, but makes us separate and different from everything else is that we have a will to choose. When my flesh is instinctively wants to respond or react, the power of the Holy Ghost convicts my will and, say, and, and gives me, empowers me. I don't have to do that. I can do what pleases God. Jesus said to the disciples, and he says, the Bible says, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him restrain himself. Let him control himself. Some people live for God and some people won't. Why? Because some people have self-control. Self, you're going to humble yourself unto the power and the authority of Almighty God. You know where how people, you know people that repent, people repent is because they get a control, they get control of self, and they're willing to control self. People that don't repent are people that don't want to control self, and they want to just whatever whatever flesh decides to do, whatever I want to do, I'm just going to do. No, no repentance there. But I want to follow him, don't you? And that requires me denying self. Exercise self-control. God, I pray that you would rebaptize us anew and afresh with the power of the Holy Ghost. God, fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. And God, let the fruit of the Spirit Take root in our life. God, let the Holy Ghost lead and guide us in all things. God, I submit my mind, my fleshly desire, and the lust thereof to your spirit and to your will. The one thing that I have that you gave me, God, is the power of choice. I get to choose what I submit to. And I submit to you and your will. And I want to treasure the power of the Holy Ghost that you've put inside of me. In Jesus' name.